You're listening to I Have Some Notes, a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. Liam, we're going to remake Power Rangers. It's, it's going to have a wonderfully diverse cast, a positive representation of someone on the autism spectrum, and Zordon is going to be a complete fuck. Just an unbearable fucking asshole. Oh, I, I have... A complete Welcome everyone to I Have Some Notes, the show where we combine our forces and morph into a giant mechanized editing machine. I am your host, Liam Kreswick. I'm Scott C. Bourgeois. I'm Greg Beaver. And today we are talking about the 2017 film, Power Rangers. It's a movie. No no one's going to (laughs) sing? No one's going to go, 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 Power Rangers? I think you just checked off that. Go, go, Power Rangers. Now, um, you might be wondering why we're doing this movie. And Mm. it is worth mentioning that we're doing it because it was pitched to us. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, A a fan of the show had uh, had, uh, emailed us um, and, and requested... That we do Power Rangers specifically, among many, many other uh, um, millennial, child millennial type movies, <laughs> as I recall. <laughs> yeah. No, there were a couple Power Rangers movies on the list. There were, so, I think, some Pokemon movies on the list as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were yeah. all pretty decent suggestions. And we went, you know what? We should, like, this is a, this is the excuse to do the new Power Rangers movie right here. So uh, so thank you to Thomas Meehan for, uh, for sending that suggestion in. Indeed. Uh, do, yeah. do either of you guys have much nostalgia for the Power Rangers? I was kind of on the tail end of being age appropriate for Power Rangers, but it just kind of slipped in. So I, I did watch it for a little while, but I was never really a huge fan of it. Greg, I, I have familiarity with it. We'll, we'll definitely say that. Great. I just I have a uh, bit of a unique history with it that I want to share. Um, so I'm curious. I do you. as well, but you go first. Oh, okay. I just uh, I have a. My parents are very cool, and I there was very little media I wasn't uh, uh, allowed to watch. Like they kind of just let me go. You know, video. I had lots of video games. Watch whatever I want. But for whatever reason, I remember my dad distinctly being like, "You're not allowed to watch Power Rangers. It's too violent." And because there was really no other limitations, uh, my brother and I just kind of like took it at face value, just never got into Power Rangers. Uh, but then I asked him about it years later, and he's like, oh, yeah, no, I think I might have just told you violent. Like, that. He's like, I just thought I was stupid. <laughs> and uh, didn't, awesome. didn't want, he, he, his whole thing was like, they would fight the bad guys whose only crime was that they're bad guys. I mean, to be fair, that's 80s cartoon logic, too. Yeah, but this I think maybe because it was live action and so like ob- like obligatory like kung fu like literally just beating the shit out of guys in rubber costumes. Uh, I think he was like, you know what, this doesn't need to be on. There's other things you can watch. So anyway, I, I'm, I'm familiar with Power Rangers, but again, didn't have much nostalgia on account of this being one of the few shows I was not. Allowed I, to watch. I, for me, uh, Power Rangers um, came out just. You know, as I was becoming a, a teenager and and starting to, you know, put down my toys and things like that. But uh, but my friends and I were were still into watching Power Rangers very much. Um, we used to go over to my friend's place, um, who one of my buddies used to call Divorced Dadland, uh, because his dad was divorced and never around, so we were allowed to do basically whatever we wanted. And uh, we would bas- we would watch Power Rangers, and uh, then we would go into the backyard and <laughs> and, and, uh, and make weapons um, uh, like bow staffs and and uh, nunchucks and stuff. And then we would fight on. We would get up on top of the fence. They had a white uh, sort of picket fence with those flat tops, and we would fight until someone fell off of them. Yeah, that <laughs> seems perfectly safe. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's exactly the kind of shenanigans my dad was trying to get us to avoid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, quite opposite ends of the spectrum. That's wild. 
Uh, yeah, well, they they brought it kicking and screaming into the 21st century. Which um, is weird because it's still already been brought kicking and screaming into the century because, to the best of my knowledge, the show is still going. Yeah, I, th- I feel like it had, uh, it may have stopped briefly, but the, I mean, it went on for, I think, almost 20 years. Yeah. Yeah, it's got a history right right into the, the you know, the old Japanese series that it was based on. Like, it's, it's yeah, got quite if a... You, if you want to learn a little bit more about it, um, there's a series on Netflix called, without watching it necessarily, there's a, there's a series on Netflix called The Toys That Made Us, and one of the most recent seasons features the Power Rangers toys, and it goes a little bit into the history of the show as well, and it's actually an interesting look at how that show came to be, and... Uh, definitely worth checking out. And for, for the matter, the rest of the series is, is well worth checking out as well. Yeah. Oh, cool. Es- essentially, what they did was they they hung on, hung uh, a American TV show off of clips from uh, a Japanese TV show that featured, you know, the 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 uh, Sentai. Is that what they were called? Oh yeah, right? Super yeah. Sentai. Uh, Super Sentai, and and of course the the Zords and things like that, which gave uh, which gave American toy companies unlimited things to make toys from so. oh yeah so they were they were making money hand over fist with uh with power rangers and also because super sentai you know kept changing so frequently that the show in the united states had to change and thus more toys for everybody right? yeah, no, it was mm-hmm. kind of the perfect storm for american toy makers actually which it is surprising how long it took for someone to actually bite on it if you watch that episode of the toys uh which made us Sorry, it occurs toys to me that, 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 that the other thing that for, about this show um, that was sort of seminal for me is that I think uh, me and my friends were all in love with the the Pink Ranger. Mm. Oh, who mm-hmm. was that? Was de- that was definitely a thing? Uh, big Amy Jo Johnson fans. Who is in this movie? Very, very briefly. Oh, who is along she in with this movie? the Green Ranger? Pardon? Who Who is she in this movie? Uh, there's just a cameo towards the end of the climax where where her and the Green Ranger are taking cell phone images of the uh, Megazord. Oh, sweet. Yeah. That's cool. Got a, got a little fan service in there. Yeah. Nice. Well, the cast for this movie, uh, uh, much uh, younger and contemporary actors. Uh, these are all names that are new to me, except for the, some of the uh, bankable adult stars. But it's got Darcy Montgomery, Naomi Scott, RJ Seiler, Becky G., Ludi Lin, and then uh, uh, the names we we sort of know and and sort of sure you can put on a poster and get people excited: Bill Hader, Brian Cranston, and Elizabeth Banks. So, uh, I I really did quite like the uh, Elizabeth the, Banks. The cast. Who, who, yeah, Elizabeth Banks is uh, is chewing the scenery real hard in this movie. And oh, f- it's actually it's it's very fun to watch, and I I feel like. Uh, if the dialogue weren't so um, hammy and stilted, it, it could have been an incredible performance. Oh, yeah, no. Uh, of all the things in this movie, I have no notes for Elizabeth Banks. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. She is clearly having the time of her life, and she can and must continue to do so. Well, let's uh, let's see if we can maybe get a little uh, taste of uh, Liz Banks at work in the trailer here. None of us really know each other. We're all screw-ups. But somehow... We were all in the same place at the same time when Billy found those coins. Guys, check out how we glow. Do you feel weird? We're strong. Insanely strong. The answer to what is happening to you is here. You five are the Power Rangers. <laughs> no one man should have all that power. You were born for this. I, just count the I will destroy everything. She is pure evil. How do you expect us to stop her? It's morphin' time. Way, way back in the Cenozoic era, the Earth was protected by six interplanetary warriors known as the Power Rangers. Their mission, to protect the life-giving Zeo Crystal, 
lying beneath the Earth's crust. Rita Repulsa, a ranger whose very name screams betrayal, turns on her power compatriots in a bid to collect the crystal for herself and dominate the universe. Rita murders her way through her former team, but is foiled at the last moment by Zordon, the Red Ranger. Zordon hides his team's power coins and orders his annoying, useless robot to send down a meteor, killing Zordon, the dinosaurs, and sending Rita Repulsa to the bottom of the sea. Fast forward to the now times, where five hard-luck teenagers mistakenly find the power coins and begin the longest training montage in cinematic history. Will these teens ever morph into Power Rangers? Who knows? One thing is for certain, you won't care by the time they do. Yeah, this this movie takes two full acts to get going. This yeah. movie takes three full acts to get going. <laughs> it, yeah, yeah, it was it was baffling, and <laughs> it it actually it made me realize like I'm gonna I, got, I still gotta see Shazam. Shazam gets grandfathered in, but honestly, I'm done watching superhero origin movies. Full stop. I'm done with this story. I don't want to see it yeah. again. I never want to see it again. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> As, as part of my research for this episode, I went back and I and um, you know all the Power Rangers are available on Netflix. Every every single season that you could ever want to watch, they're all on Netflix. So I watched yeah. the very first episode of, of Power Rangers, and uh, and I don't want to say it was complete garbage because that would be accurate, but it's it's just as messy as as this movie, and and I don't know, maybe that's just. You know, if you're trying to, to rewrite a show that really wasn't all that great to begin with, um, you know, maybe uh, it's just not meant to be. I will say, like, about the the pilot for uh, for Power Rangers, uh, I had fun watching it, even though it was um, uh, terrible. I <laughs> did not really have that much fun watching the movie, and that's kind of the difference. The show is actually kind of like, I think, 80% the theme song. Like, once the, once the Zords <laughs> come and the song plays and stuff like that, and it's just, it's a banging tune. Like, whoever wrote that, they are, I think they are singularly responsible for Power Rangers being a big thing, because I think that's, that song drove everything. Oh, yeah. You uh, get and, that it's, and it's really fun guitar when, it, when it gets going and you get to see the, 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 the Zords punching and the song playing. So, yeah, it's, know, it's up there with the DuckTales theme as like great, just like banging show themes. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah, they, like this movie does have the the theme song very briefly, uh, but the thing is, is like it doesn't match the tone of the movie, and when it shows up, it feels wildly out of place. Yes, it does. Well, and that was it, one of my beefs with this movie. I think it is pinpointed in the scene where they play the Power Rangers theme. Throughout this movie, there is an inconsistency with what, like, meta-knowledge of the Power Rangers they expect the audience to have. Some of it gets set up or explained, and some doesn't, and it's kind of like, it was quite frustrating that I'm like, either set it all up and explain it to me like I have no idea what the Power Rangers are, or don't. But they really, like, like you said, the whole first two, you know, three quarters of this movie is like, set up, set up, set up, and then other parts of it it's like well you know what a megazord is and it's like well fuck you like spent two hours holding my hand through zordon but (laughs) yeah yeah i think uh this movie suffers from what i'm gonna call man of steel syndrome where instead of uh letting us discover along with the teenagers what power rangers are and who zordon is and stuff like that we get dumped into uh you know all this crazy uh science fiction fantasy stuff immediately and it's it's kind of it's kind of jarring and i feel like it takes away a bit of the fun yeah yeah yeah, this yeah. uh this uh, to compare it to movies we've done on this uh, podcast in in my time as host this could have been speed racer and it ended up the green lantern right yeah you know watching the movie i was expecting it to be real painful to watch and i will say like it has it has some pretty good moments in it it's not unwatchably bad and it's not terrible it's just not great and 
there's a lot that kind of misfires on it. And it's not just the fact that the movie is simultaneously expecting you to know a lot about Power Rangers lore and also assuming that you know nothing about Power Rangers lore. Um, there's just there's just a lot of really weird choices that were made in the making of this movie that I feel under undermine what could have been something better. Like, Greg, you even mentioned off the top, Elizabeth Banks is at her hammiest best here, but the dialogue is really weird and stilted and the script maybe needed another pass. And I feel like that's a microcosm for the whole film. Like there's yeah. the kernel of something really actually kind of pretty good, uh, surprisingly maybe even pretty good, but it's kind of weighed down by a bunch of really weird choices that maybe the director or the production designers or the producers made during the construction of this movie. Yeah. It's, it's as if um, Elizabeth Banks knows exactly what movie she's in, but the director didn't. (laughs) Yeah. Or the writer. Well, actually it's funny that you use the phrase, know what kind of movie they're in. Cause that was another problem I had with this. It's very weird that the characters know that they are a genre convention. Like they on multiple times. They're like, Oh, so we're superheroes now. Yeah. We're superheroes. And then kind of take everything in stride because this movie follows all the played out beats of a superhero origin story. Right. The characters are kind of ready for it. Like they have the same media savvy we do, which, so I was was like really hung up on this as a, as a weird, like meta knowledge thing. And so the analogy I came up with was like, It'd be like if Harry Potter got his Hogwarts letter and was like already aware of the concept of a school of witchcraft and wizardry from movies. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, oh, you're, yeah. you're a wizard, Harry. It's like, oh, are we talking like a <laughs> classic Merlin or more of a Zatanna Doctor Strange thing? It's like, Doctor are Strange we, is a sorcerer, Harry. Read the damn player's handbook. Like, are we, are we doing fancy and magic? How many spell points do I have? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's, it was really. <laughs> Which which you take that fact that, like, all the characters know they're a cliche, but then the movie doesn't seem to know or care that it's a cliche and following all these beats. So, like, that's why you get the stilted dialogue and this sort of cheesy, predictable... Yeah, yeah it was just... They're, they're also, like... Um, it, it does the... I think this is a cardinal sin in science fiction in, in, in which you don't set any rules for your your fantastic... Um, plot point or, or devices, right? Like they're like, I, like why do why can't they morph? I don't, I don't know. I guess they're not friends. Like I don't like it's like that's I think that's the thing. But like no one, like no one ever points out. Like Zordon never points out that like that's a thing that that Rangers must be above all else. They must be uh, be um, tight together. They must be friends or whatever. And like, at yeah. least like if he, even if there was just like that one line of dialogue, it would have been like, okay, but like yeah. he, everyone seems to be fairly confused about why they can't morph. And Zordon is not helping. helpful. Yeah. Yeah. And neither not, is alpha. He's super not helpful. <laughs> neither yeah, of them really stop and actually explain to the kids what they need to do to achieve what they want them to do. Yeah, he and it's like briefly says, like, think of each other. Just yeah, think of each other. And it's like, what does that mean? My That's my fix, honestly, is to hinge. I, I, I have quite quite a lot for the fix section here, so I'm, I'm going to stop talking for a bit. But like that that theme of like you need to cooperate, if they leaned on that like 200% more, the whole movie would be fixed. I could, I could fix the whole movie with just leaning on that. That's my Yeah, because yeah. if it would, it would... The problem with Zordon not just spelling out what they need to do is what makes the first two thirds of the movie drag. Because if he just actually said, Hey, you know what? Uh, Jason, you just need to like get your team to cohese as friends and then you'll be able to morph. Then like the movie's solved in 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And, but the, but there's no good reason for him not to just say it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think that's as an audience member, it's it's very frustrating. You it is incredible. Tired of yeah. watching them train and then try to morph, then train and then try to morph and then train and then try to morph. Right? You know, it's just yeah. It's, I will go go have a fight without their suits. Like yeah, like yeah. You don't like yeah. They don't become. They don't see. You don't actually see them fight in the Power Rangers suit till the climax, which is mm-hmm. kind of a bummer. Yeah. 
Oh, that means you don't see that in my fixes. Don't worry. Yeah, you don't see the Zords until the last half of the climax, and you don't see the Megazord until the last third of the climax. And it's like, what? Well, I'm okay keeping the Megazord uh, in your back pocket for the for the grand finale. But I I have some structural issues with the movie that are based on the fact that it's trying to follow what I'm going to call the Power Rangers formula, but it misses an important beat along the way and. It's a beat that I think would make the movie work better, uh, but we'll get into that in our fixes. I think yeah, well, I think we should move into keeps and cuts here. Yeah, what would you, I was gonna say? What would you keep? Like I think Elizabeth Banks, big one. Keep Elizabeth Banks oh, again. Yeah, no notes. Sure. Bill Hader. I, I thought the um, yes, he's fine. Honestly, the whole cast is pretty good. Yeah, there's no there's no one I can think of who's a weak link in the cast. Honestly. Yeah, I agree. I thought the the stuff between Billy and the and the Red Ranger, whose name I forget already, Jason. Uh, Jason, that should have been easier for me to remember. Uh, I like that whole bit with him, you know, the, the 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 detention, and then him being like weird and 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 getting him to to uh, come out with him, you know, bribing him by unlocking his uh, his uh, what is that called, the ankle bracelet that that because he's under house arrest. Like that whole stuff, I thought that was all good to get them to the to the quarry. the The problem I had was that they got Jason and Billy to the quarry, but like the rest of them were just kind of like, "Oh, and there's other people too." Yeah, there's a bunch of yeah, teams hanging out in this quarry. Just, yeah, they were just, that was actually it felt so convenient. As usual, I'm watching the movie with Anita, and one of the things she was a little confused by is that uh, Zach and Trini are both just kind of there. Like we get, we get introduction for Jason. We get introduction for Billy. We get introduction for Kimberly, but then Zach and Trini are just suddenly at the quarry. And we only get some character development and introduction for them after the fact. And it made them really feel like tacked on secondary characters, which is not good when they're two of your five primary team members just saying yeah 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 um in fact i i'd even take that one step farther not only do i not like that two of the five played as secondary characters this didn't need another white male as leader <laughs> narrative it just didn't need to happen we didn't need the straight white guy to be their quote-unquote leader it's literally a team and flimsy as it is the theme is cohesion and cooperation why isn't it about them all cooperating instead of one guy, one white man making them all cooperate? You know what I mean? Yeah. There's a yeah. moment where Zordon tells Jason that he's the leader. And, and as the, as an audience member, I'm just like, what, why? Because he's what the he red do? ranger. Yeah. He picked up the red coin. <laughs> he picked up the right coin. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Horribly lame. I'll, the TV show is actually kind of the same where it's just like, you're the leader, Jason. You're the straight white guy. Yeah. Congrats. Uh, one thing that uh, jumped out at me at the beginning was that the movie's actually pretty well shot, and I'd keep a lot of the cinematography. Um, there was one thing that really stood out right off the top when Jason is doing his prank that goes terribly wrong, and he ends up going on a brief police chase in his truck. And the the entire chase is shot from inside the truck with the camera kind of like spinning around so mm-hmm. that you can see what's going on around the truck while he drives through the city. And it was actually really cool. Like, it was a yeah. really cool shot. 100% yeah, was, keep that. <laughs> I'd agree. Yeah. It was yeah. a nice cold open. Yeah, it was, a like, it was it it, it was so uh, visceral that it, it it almost it almost got too real for, for the tone of the movie. <laughs> kind of, yeah. I almost wish it was used in a different movie, but, yeah, like... Yeah. It's so good that I can't begrudge them using it, and I want them to keep it. So keep Jason's cold open is basically, I guess, where I'm going with that. Yeah, it's good that he's like a big old fuck up and stuff. I mean, that's it's kind of where you want all your characters to start off. They're Honestly, just like a rag, ragtag of of of, uh, of you know, yeah. uh, shitty teens. And you know, I like all of them have a character arc they're going through in this movie that makes them into a team that has cohesion and. I kind like I could track all of their character arcs in a way that I think was fulfilling. I wish that mm-hmm. Zach and Trini had had more like time to develop and had been introduced earlier on, but I think all all five of their character arcs work and work to bring them together and I would keep that. 
Because, like, Jason is learning how to be responsible, and Kimberly is learning how to choose to be selfless, and Billy is learning how to be courageous, and Zach is learning how to, like, follow the lead, how to not be impulsive, and Trini's learning friendship, because she's always the new girl, and she doesn't Mm -hmm. make friends. And so it was, like, it was clear what all of their journeys were, and I think that works in the movie that we're trying to build here, so... Yeah, they. I feel like they spent an appropriate amount of time and paid it off in a satisfying way. They're each of their own little arcs. Yeah, it's it, the the one arc that didn't uh, work for me was was the uh, uh, the Zordon arc, and I actually thought that that might that was kind of that the idea that was there, and I thought it was cool, like the idea that like he was just trying to use the teens to to get, to come back to life. Like I kind of like that he was he was kind of a a, a little bit of a villain, and that he also had to find uh, some redemption. And uh, and I think that works really well with what the rest of the characters are going through. It just, it just didn't land at all because uh, the, the movie seems far too interested in, in training scenes than character development. Yeah. yeah. And that's definitely a cut is like 50% of the training montages. Yeah. I'll say this. I'll, I would keep the way that Zordon looks. I think he looks cool. It was like very that, cool. I that whole wall thing was really neat. He's one of the few things in this movie that looks cool. Um, this movie, <laughs> this movie suffers from the same problem that Transformers does. The the Michael Bay Transformers. It's not. It's not. Bayhem. It's not cluttered like uh, like a Michael Bay movie is. The action is clear to follow. All mm-hmm. nothing looks exactly the same. The problem is that everything's way over designed, and so like the Power Ranger suits look kind of weird. And uh, Goldar looks really terrible, uh, especially considering he looks so cool in the original television series. Um, Rita looks kind of okay, but like it's it's just it's it's an aesthetic that doesn't really work for me, and I think looks kind of bad. And I would I would go for something much simpler. I don't know I don't know that you necessarily need to go with the spandex suits from the from the original cart. Car, I was going to call it a cartoon from the original series. Yeah. But uh, but I think something cleaner and simpler for the Zords and for their suits in particular, and for Goldar to a certain extent, would have worked better. And that's just my opinion. So I would cut, like, the production design. I would fire that person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I thought uh, um, Rita had multiple different looks, and, and some of them worked, and, it, and some of them didn't. Um, I kind of thought that... Um, her you know um you know coming out of the sea and killing a bunch of people and stuff like that i don't know like it it all seems so dark and i really yeah i think this movie needed to be a lot more um campy and fun and and not you know and not so um you know like she she like rips like like rips out a guy's throat or something like that. Like it's implied anyway that she yeah. like rips out his jaw to get at his gold teeth or something like that. It's like, it's just, it feels like just way too violent. Uh, yeah. Considering and- in the original show, she's like just some witch trapped on the moon who wakes up one day and decides to conquer the earth. Like yeah, that is her and, motivation. <laughs> and, and, and in the, in the show, she's actually like really bad at her job too. She, she constantly <laughs> fucks up and, and doesn't, and, and, and is easily foiled by the power Rangers. She's kind of a, she's kind of a weak villain in the well, show. She's, she's an eighties cartoon villain essentially. Yeah. 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 Um, well, that's speaking of implied. I, I forgot about how many in, like weird moments in this mo- this movie are like they they heavily imply things without saying them. Whether it's the like the dick pick story of uh, Kimberly, or the fact that at the beginning, like I'm pretty sure he jerks off a cow. Yeah. Oh no. He yeah. Hundred like percent does. Yeah. Like. Oh no. Pretty. I'm just. I'm. I'm giving it the benefit of the doubt. He. Hundred percent. It is implied that he jerks off a cow. Um. Which is. I was just like. What. A, that's a weird first joke. But I'm not even against it necessarily. Just. Just an observation. It's uh, that. It's that kind of. Michael Bay. You know, quote irreverent humor that he throws into all his stuff, and it's always like a little too crude for the tone he's trying to strike, like. The, you know, I don't know. Michael Bay must have like a problem with with masturbation because like he in every in every movie, it seems like they're talking about it an awful lot. Um, 
I might be wrong, but I don't believe he didn't direct this movie. He's like it's it's their it's the, his production company. Okay, his so yeah. There's movie. there's definitely a little bit of Michael Bay sprinkled into this. Movie. Yeah, uh, even though it's and they, even and they, though it's and not they, they directly call it out when they um they throw the a, yellow car. <laughs> yeah, they smash the yellow car, and then Billy goes, "Sorry, Bumblebee," and it's like, "Yeah, we we got what you guys are doing. You didn't have to." You didn't have to spell it out for us. Yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, another thing I would cut in this movie is the CGI fight scenes. It? What? <laughs> you mean with the putties? Yeah, I, I love the that. putties. Don't I you would. touch my. Don't you ever speak to me and my putties ever again? No, I'm not the... saying. <laughs> I'm not saying we get rid of the putties. I'm saying we get rid of the CGI putties. Part of the charm of the original show is that it's all practical stunt fighting and Uh i feel like that's missing here um like the fight with the putties is just cgi characters fighting cgi characters and it looks like a cartoon and it's not great especially the underwater part is very like meh it's not really good if they had had practical dudes in suits and they could have been cool suits they don't need to be like gray unitards like they are in the in the series um i think that it would have added to a little bit of the charm of the movie and i think that it 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 detracts from the Power Rangers charm to not have practical stunt fights. That's fair. I can see what you're, I can absolutely see what you're saying. I, I, yeah, I liked how the putties looked in this, but I see what you're saying. There is, yeah, the the, like stunt fighting is kind of what it's all about. And it would have been cool if they had taken that. I will, I will say that if you took the, the original putties with the gray unitards and like the weird fucked up face that they had, and you gave them proper movie lighting, I think they would, feel like they're from a horror movie like from a scene from like the ring or something like that yeah fair enough yeah i love their wiggle i wish they had like mo like even if they had used cgi putties if they had mo-capped guys doing that weird like kind of like a weird dance that the putties yeah. did in the show where yeah. they just sort of like wiggled it all you know yeah yeah <laughs> I just, yeah there's so there's so much opportunity to have a lot of fun with this movie and it just feels like they missed the mark at just about every turn like there's there's definitely an effort in in the last act to like do a complete about face and 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 go full power rangers goofy go, go but by power then it's too Ranger. late yeah. kind of yeah well, I think this might be the perfect opportunity then to uh, uh, get our, our uh, notes in order and uh, take this thing to task for uh, uh, its uh, crimes against cinema. That's too harsh. Hang on. <laughs> That's me back down. <laughs> I think this is a perfect opportunity to take a break here from our sponsors. And when we come back, we will uh, ha- share our uh, fixes for this film. I think that's maybe a little fair. Hey, I'm Tara McCarthy. I work at CBC Edmonton. And there's a lot of things that happen in this city any given week. So we thought, how about we boil it down to some of those top stories, the ones that make you think, or the ones that maybe even make you laugh. Maybe they make you cringe. So we're putting together a new podcast called The Loop. Check it out weekly through CBC Edmonton. The Loop, you might be wondering, okay, what's this all about? Well, it is literally about keeping you in the loop. More importantly, it's all about going behind the scenes. All sorts of details, I see it every day in the newsroom, don't actually make it into those compact radio and television pieces that you see and that you hear. So we thought we'll take stories like these and we're going to find out more. We're going to talk to the reporters about some of the things like how they even found out about this stuff. We'll talk a little bit about everything, politics, we'll throw some arts in there, community of course, it's about all things Edmonton. Because there's always more to tell. There's always more to the story. I've been in Edmonton for about a year, and I see stories just constantly change. They ebb and flow. I'm learning new things about the city all the time. And maybe you've been here for decades, but there's always new things that we can uncover. So we want to talk about those stories right here on The Loop. Stay in the loop with us, our new weekly CBC Edmonton podcast. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts, or more importantly, through your CBC Listen app. Welcome back to I Have Some Notes. We're talking about the 2017 film Power Rangers. Uh, Greg and Scott, what what do you see as being the main things we can uh, fix about this movie? Sure. I, I often go first, so why not? Um, so I mentioned in the first half that um, the movie's kind of trying to follow the Power Rangers formula, but it's missing a story beat. And I feel like that could give us less training and more power rangering if they add it back in. And the story beat that's missing is small monster. 
Um, because in the show, the way it works out is we're introduced to the Power Rangers and they're dealing with some teenage thing and Rita Repulsa is like, I'm going to mess with the Power Rangers. And she sends a monster to go and mess with Angel Valley. But the monster is like a human sized monster. And then the Power Rangers catch up and they fight some putties, usually outside of their morphin suits. But then the monster shows up and fights them and he's stronger than them. So they morph into the Power Rangers and now they're strong enough to fight the monster and they beat the monster. And then Rita's like, no, my monster, make my monster giant. And then we have the giant monster. They get their zords. They join forces into the Megazord and they punch the monster and it explodes. That is the Power Rangers formula. And we're missing little monster in this movie. And I feel like that's the thing that could tighten things up. If the, if the power Rangers have the first part of their training and they're having trouble getting the cohesion necessary to become the power Rangers, having a a real threat come up that forces them earlier on to become cohesive enough to, to morph into the power Rangers uh, is the way to go. So I think Rita gathers enough gold to make Goldar, but Goldar is man-sized Goldar to start with. And he's a threat and the power Rangers go and fight him and he beats them for the most part. And then they're able to transform and then they beat Goldar and then Rita, but that fight takes place at the, at the gold quarry still. And then Rita uses the gold there to make him into giant Goldar. And then we move into the finale as it more or less is in the movie. We have that extra action beat that gives us more fighting, more power rangering and less training montage and brings the, and brings the threat a little more, present it's not something that's just kind of growing and growing and growing in the background it's like oh there's a monster now and it's a monster who like we've heard that goldar is this real terrible thing but i mean he's six feet tall we can take that guy and then it eventually escalates to giant goldar and that's the point where they're like well we're screwed zordon what do we do and and then we move into our climax that's that's i i love it that's that's Uh, my i love it so much i i took I took we need small monsters and just typed it into my fix here. So when <laughs> when I get to my fix and I'm talking about how we, there needs to be small monsters, that's a fresh fresh idea. I love it. The uh, yeah, but the, I think I think that makes Act Two a little more impactful if we have small Goldar in Act Two. Yes, yeah, and that gives them an opportunity, like you say, Scott, to get defeated, and then that would bring them to their lowest point before we get to the climax. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think just since you're solving the back half of the movie, the the front half is kind of where I'd like to tackle it because I feel like this, there's a great opportunity. I I feel like the, the boilerplate pitch for this movie was breakfast club, but also power Rangers. (laughs) Yeah. No. And, And they kind of, they kind of do some of that, but like weirdly not, all the Power Rangers are a part of the Breakfast Club at first, and that kind of messes with their winning formula, in my opinion. If if all of those people were all in detention, like ever, like if if they bring Trini and Zach into detention along with the other three, uh, that gives everyone uh, an opportunity to to spend uh, a lot more time together uh, and a lot more time for like personal conflict um you could potentially uh replace um billy getting bullied by who i think he's he's supposed to be one of the the goofballs from the the tv show right um oh right there was there was like a yeah skinny guy fat guy uh, yeah rival honk and chunk or something like that i don't remember what their names are but like (laughs) they they uh I think if you give if you place Zach in that role where he's you know he's kind of um, a, a petulant douche, then and then that that, that kind of a- adds a layer to his character. And then you know as we as we go on, we find out that he's you know he's really struggling at home, and that's kind of why he's acting out a lot. Um, so, but but it also creates a lot of internal conflict with those characters, so that they they can overcome it later on in the movie. Um, yeah, it, it, it just you know having having that much more fun with the characters and 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 also having them together to begin with, I think would give you a lot more time to get them to doing Power Rangers shit a lot faster. I agree. Um, that's something Nita and I also noticed when we were watching the movie is that it's weird that Zach and Trini aren't 
part of the detention club because that's the point of the movie where we meet Kimberly and Billy. There's no reason why we shouldn't meet Zach and Trini at the same time and get like our core group together ASAP. Even if they're antagonistic to each other or don't really know one another, it sets the foundation for when they meet up later at the quarry and it's like, oh, weird. We all happen to be at the quarry today as though fate has brought us here. Um, they, yeah, there's mm-hmm. at least that foundation and it's, or not, they all leave detention together. Yeah. And it's not to go like, to the quarry. it's not like Zach and Trini show up and everyone's like, who's that guy? Like there's, yeah. there's at least a, a, a little bit of familiarity there and a reason for them to all stick together briefly. Yeah. I think it would kind of be more f- uh, fun if it was more, uh, breakfast clubby in the sense that like, they're the only five in detention, right? You know, maybe yeah. there can be one more um, antagonist there, like the one of the one of the guys from the original show. The the, um, the bullies can be can be in there to to give the characters um, a reason to sort of like group band together because they hate this one person or something like that. But yeah, you know that I uh, I was thinking that it would it'd be kind of it'd be kind of fun if um, if Billy. Um, kind of thought that like detention was the best time he ever had because he, he just kind of sort of like even though these people are not um necessarily friends he sort of because he doesn't maybe he doesn't have a lot of friends himself in the movie he does and in, in the movie he has tons of friends but it, in my version he doesn't <laughs> and like he yeah. he's kind of a bit of a loner in that he sees the group as kind of like his his group of friends and he's he's the he's the one that's sort of central to bringing them all together because he wants it so much I like it. Indeed, yeah. You both, uh, both kind of. Uh, um, I think we all see the same issue, and uh, um, I, I like. I can work both of what you have suggested somewhat into into kind of my my fix, and my fix definitely comes uh, from what I said at the top, which is I'm done watching origin stories. Like I'm just done. I can't do it anymore. Uh, so this is my this is my my fix. In in this film, it sort of goes like they get the powers. And then there's a shit ton of training montage, like way too much training. Their their low point, their loss is when Billy dies, and that's what lets them learn to morph. Then they just whip out the Zords, and like almost no time spent on Megazord. That's more or less the like, in this movie. Instead, I want it to cut right to their already Power Rangers. And it's the same five beats, it's just everything's bumped up one, and the escalation isn't from teenagers to power rangers it's from power ranger to megazord so they all have the power when we start but they either find the zords or zordon gives them the zords maybe because of the monsters that uh scott suggested like oh they got these monsters now it's not just putties it's not just street guys and zardon's like well i was you know saving these but there here's some zords um (laughs) then they spend a training zord Everybody gets Zord. We got. She's got monsters. I gotta pull out the Zords. No, Master, they're not ready, says Bill Hader, and it's like we gotta give them the Zords. Um, there's that. So then the training montage is them learning to use Zords. Um, uh, the conflict becomes them losing cohesion because I, I don't want Billy to be the leader. I want them to be a unit who have to work together. Jason, or, so not Billy. Jason. Jason, the leader. Um. So the theme, I really want to hammer home the theme of cohesion. So they're working as a team, working as a team. Some kind of rift happens that not only perhaps causes Billy to die, but also they have a hard time controlling the Zords. They maybe lose their ability to morph. They can't morph as well. Same beat as in the movie where even maybe Zordon has to like give himself over so that one of them can live. That all stays. Uh and uh, so they they learn uh, they learn they need each other in the same way. But now Billy, oh shit, hang on, I'm trying to read notes and and make the sound uh, not rehearsed. Um, but just like that theme of cohesion and having to work together and think of each other in order to morph is what lets them make the Megazord. And in the climax, much sooner in the climax, they literally come together to make a giant robot Megazord. So using the Megazord to reinforce that theme of cohesion and thinking of each other and being friends and working together. That's my, that's my fix. I, mm, what I'm trying to roll around in my head is like, is, is, uh, 
communicating what's better to communicate those themes like having having them not be power rangers at first or having them be power rangers at first in, in, in my instinct is to say that like if you're if you're trying to communicate a, a theme of of cohesion and teamwork having them not be a team at all to start with is um is better i i, I realize that you don't want to see an origin story um it's just that i don't know for like maybe you can expound on 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 how that would work but i don't know what do you think scott um i kind of i'm gonna fall on greg's side on this one a little bit i think that of all of the plots that's good for an origin story coming together as a team is one of them yeah yeah um, yeah, not, not that you have a bad idea. The other thing is that your movie really turns it less into uh, an action kung fu movie and more into a giant robot fighting movie, which is not necessarily a bad thing. I'm just yeah. I'm just pointing out that you're putting much more <laughs> emphasis on the robot fighting. Yeah, which is, I, I just which is, the, I mean, the like, Zords in this just felt so show. tacked on that I and they yeah, yeah and they spent so much time not being in Power Ranger suits. Yeah. That, the Zords didn't, so, like, I just needed to bump everything up yeah, 40 I, minutes. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think that uh, I think that if you get them in the Power Ranger suits sooner in the movie, they don't still need to be quite a team yet, uh, so that they can finally come together in Act 3 and not just have the suits, but now have access, uh, unlock the Zords by unlocking mm-hmm. their friendship. Um, yeah, that, I, I definitely think all the we stuff can I said that. about no origin story. That's really the core of what I'm trying to say here is I think yeah. the fact that the theme of this movie seems to be you all need to work together. One, that's why we don't need a white male protagonist. So make it about teamwork and not a leader. Um, and then also the Megazord is like literally a one to one stand in for the concept of cooperation that it just like yeah. th- that should be the escalation. Yeah, it's weird that like they I mean they they make a big point of pointing out that Jason's the leader in the movie, but it's actually I feel like that's kind of antithetical to what they're trying to get accomplished like Yeah. Yeah, it's uh yeah, it's a little strange. And you know, like and there's no Jason doesn't have any particular setup where he's like you would think that like if they were if he's like the 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 football guy, right? That they would the cold open wouldn't be like Zordon fighting Rita in the dinosaur times it would be Jason uh failing to rally the football troops and then he gets yeah. he gets injured in the process or whatever and that's the thing that like makes him a big jerk or something like that and or that's the thing that like in a big football town uh has him uh sort of being shunned because you know um Americans are crazy about football and they treat their players like shit that seems to that all that works for me um <laughs> Yeah, I think there's that's... a lot of things that you can jettison in this movie um, that would allow for um, a quicker move into power ranging, and and one of them is that uh, that Zordon Rita cold open. I don't I don't care how Zordon got into how he died or how he got time frozen or whatever the fuck it is. I slightly disagree. Like, uh, I think that I am interested in that, but I don't think we need to see it at the beginning. I think that's no, something that he can he explain can and maybe even do a short flashback to bits of it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's the yep. exact same thing I said about Green Lantern. It, it Right off the hop, they're like, here's a bunch of out, way outer space exposition. Yeah. yeah. No, you're, you're absolutely yeah, right. Yeah, it just doesn't, it just, like, yeah, it doesn't, uh, not that all origin movies have to be the same, but, like, there's ways of doing, like, dumping your characters into like dumping your audience, sorry, into uh, intense sci-fi land and doing it well. Um, Captain Marvel does it well, for example, right? Yep. That one's, that one starts off in space. Um, and that, and it's totally fine. Like you, 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 you're, you're, you're learning things uh, through Captain Marvel, right? Whereas yeah. in Power Rangers, um, we're being told a lot of stuff, but we're not, we're not experiencing the uh, the world through anyone's eyes and i think that's the real big misstep there and and big because I, that yeah and like and again like with power rangers it just feels like the the fun part of that origin story would be living through the, living through becoming a, a powerful team through the teenager's eyes i think that's the that would be the fun part i agree 
Yeah. So it sounds like, yeah, it sounds like the, the fix is get to power ranging much sooner and, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and small yeah, a little. Yeah. And, and, and breakfast club it up. Yeah. Breakfast a, club it up, and then also maybe ki- a little more, a ki- little more breakfast club, a little more kaiju, a little more monster fighting. I really, I'd forgotten yeah. about that element, Scott. I completely forgot about like it's all coming back to me. The weird like rubber costumes were. Oh like, yeah, yeah, they're like people sized monsters, but maybe like eight or nine feet. Like they weren't knocking yeah. over buildings, but they were just like. And then oh, really Rita goes, big. make my monster grow, and it yeah, turns that into was, a giant monster. Yeah, that was one part of the that I really appreciated when when Elizabeth Banks says that when she says makes <laughs> when she said make my Goldar grow or whatever it is that she said. I was like, oh, cool. That was like a direct reference. Nicely done. Hell, the yeah, monsters could be the ones trying to get the gold so she doesn't have to get her hands dirty. She can sit in her weird throne because it wasn't in the show. She was in like a weird, like... She was on the just, moon, yeah. She was on the, yeah. I, I did, I, they did kind of wink at that by having her get nuts, backhanded to the moon, though, at the end of the movie. Yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. Oh, yeah. Sweet. Well, we've also uh, got a lot of great listener comments uh, as well. Thank you for all who uh, decided to uh, contribute and post on our uh, Facebook page uh, or Twitter to uh, uh, share your thoughts on Power Ranger. Uh, So let's uh, jump right into those. Uh, Andrew Craig says, uh, great choice. I actually think this one needed to amp up the camp factor more, doing so seriously stripped it of the fun factor and ultimately made it incredibly bland. Perhaps a better route would have been to go with the self-aware satire or something. It's more risky and harder to pull off, but the payoff would have been more satisfying. I mean, Elizabeth Banks wanted to be in the campiest movie ever to camp. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind I, of agree. I think, that, I think the key to this is like you gotta, you gotta have, you gotta have that song in there, and it's gotta be like, <laughs> it's gotta be a good chunk of your movie. Is, yeah. is what I think. Like, you, and in order to do that, you've gotta, you've gotta uh, change your tone a little bit. So well, and it's more fun and campier. And part of the fun is also having having practical stunt fights. Like that's part of the charm yeah. of the original. Movie. I think that's the the charm that that should be yeah. kept. I agree. I, I don't necessarily yeah. know that you need to have the Megazord and giant Goldar be two dudes in costume fighting on a tiny set, but uh, like that could be CGI. But when they're man sized, there's no reason that it shouldn't have been stunt actors doing some incredible choreography. I think that could have been a lot of fun. Yeah. V. Martin writes, writes, <laughs> making the suit look like Halo-influenced power armor makes it less distinguishable from other superhero movies of this era. Uh, yep. Yep. 100%. Yeah. Like, I, I understand adding, you know, texture to the suits and stuff like that, because that's, that's one thing I don't think that works particularly well on film is, is, um, is a, a straight spandex suit um it just kind of it just looks too halloween costumey especially mm-hmm. um at the high definition that uh, w- that we watch movies at now um you know it's just it just doesn't look that great but what i don't understand is all the extra like shiny bits that they feel like they've got to add like the like the power ranger suits are so shiny yeah they're and like they're, they're everything's glowing and just like it's like just like just relax a bit just it's, like it's overproduced good texture and leave it alone yeah yeah it's overproduced yeah. like i said before it's just it's adding adding impractical embellishments and details that aren't necessary and kind of clutter up the design in a way that doesn't make it aesthetically pleasing especially yeah. when the original power rangers outfits and zords are all very clean and uh like they're boxy yes but they're clean and simple and distinguishable and yeah. making like the the mastodon in this movie the mastodon zord looks like a beetle it doesn't even look like a mastodon <laughs> it's got yeah. the triceratops has six legs what's even happening like it's, yeah i can't i couldn't yeah i couldn't distinguish any of them from each other to be honest aside from like aside from the tyrannosaurus and the uh the, the what do you call them? the pterodactyl the, uh, the pterodactyl yeah like that was like the rest of them looked like the same robot and that I, also I, yeah, they. I mean, they spend hours training. I know we're well past us, but they spend hours training, you know, kung fu and learning to love each other. But they can all just drive these things, like, you know, yeah. like she's flying a plane. I don't know. Just like the fact that she just hops in a plane and flies it. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, we we've spent 90 minutes training, and you still this should be the one thing you can't do. Anyway, the teens yeah. the teens have superpowers and can jump off a mountain with no harm coming to them, but. 
being able to fly a plane with no training completely breaks Liam's suspension of disbelief. <laughs> no, sorry, hang on. I'm not going to let you get... The fact that they need to be taught literal martial arts and kung fu, but not fly a plane. You know what I mean? It's yeah, not the fact it, that it, have, it does, like, they, yeah, the movie no, breaks that suspension of disbelief because it, it basically... It, it tells you that they don't know what they're doing. And well, then, yeah. yeah. And then suddenly they know exactly what they're doing. And it's, well, not yeah, just that's that. what I'm referring Earlier on, it shows Zack take one of the uh, Zords out for a joyride, and he nearly kills everyone. Uh, and a bunch of innocent yeah. bystanders, and then later on, the second just time jumps he gets in. in it, and the first time everyone else gets into it, they're fine. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I get that. They're definitely yeah. there's there's a missing piece to bridging the gap there. I'll I'll grant you that. Yeah, I mean they 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 pay some service to it when they're in the Megazord and like they're trying to figure out how it works and stuff like that. But yeah, like they're they seem they seem adept at it very quickly, and yeah, it just doesn't. Yeah. I mean, I can kind of forgive it just because, you know, it's it's a Power Ranger movie. Because there's 10 minutes left in the seriously. movie. Yeah, that's right. But, you know, at the same time, it's like, uh, I don't know. I think yeah. it would be I think it would be more more fun if they if they got a little bit more time in the to figure it out, I guess. Uh, Jay Renham says, my only note for this movie is that more people should have seen it. It was great. And if I had seen it as a preteen, it would have blown my mind. Oh, probably. I don't disagree with that. If I saw it when I was twelve, I, I it, you know, I mean, the, I mean, the original show was terrible, and I loved it. <laughs> so I think there, you know, if I watched this movie as a twelve-year-old, I would have been over the moon. Yeah, no, legit. And, uh, and I mean, again, it's not, it's not bad. It's not great, but it's not bad. Uh, Nathan Martin says, uh, "You know what? I've not seen this one, but I can guarantee." That a simple dash of The Rock, who you know is perfect, would make this a far grander experience. Agreed. Uh, put the, uh, you put gotta, the Rock should have been all the putties. Put the you Rock have to appreciate in a Nathan Martin because he he will comment. <laughs> he will comment on a, every movie, even if he hasn't seen that or haven't hasn't seen it. So I, we appreciate you, Nathan. Uh, yeah, but you know what? He's not wrong. Throw The Rock in a Goldar suit and have him be the practical man-sized Goldar. Boom. Done. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah, shit. Okay, I'm just, I'm just I'm sorry. I took a moment to like imagine that, and I'm like, yeah, that would have been really fun. It would have been very um, Scorpion King from the Mummy ish, where he's like half CGI, half half. Yeah, but. except better, betterly done. And and you oh, could have well, done it in practice. You could have done some practical stuff too, because Goldar Goldar too, looks yeah. sweet in the show. Actually, like he is a really awesome character design. Uh, I. And I have no qualms with that. And he looks real terrible in this movie. Like, he does not look great. So having The Rock dressed up as a, as a golden sphinx would have been awesome. Not going to lie. I just, yeah. Googled, I just Googled Goldar, like, what he looks like originally, and it all came rushing back to me. And I'm like, yeah, that should have... that the, the Rock as classic Goldar. Sweet. <laughs> uh, into it. And there's kind of almost a mummy tie in there. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, thank you, everyone, who contributed uh, to our uh, listener comment section. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at I Have Some Notes and get in on the notes having. Uh, well, guys, I think that uh, brings Power Rangers uh, to to a close until they make uh, probably a sequel of this. Uh, yeah. No, honestly, yeah. Uh, I think we've I think we pitched some pretty good fixes. Before we sign off, I, I just wanted to say that um, you know it's it's kind of a it's a crazy time. In the world right now, you know, we're all uh, obviously pretty anxious with the uh, with uh, about viruses and things like that uh, right now. And, and I just wanted to say, I hope uh, our listeners, I hope this is, podcast is serving as a good distraction for you, and uh, and to please keep safe and and uh, and pay attention to the the health authorities. They are out there to give you good advice. Yeah, if our Indeed. if our dumb podcast. Uh, can give you a little bit of joy and a little bit of distraction and a little bit of escape, uh, then, I mean, good on us. Like, that's that's a glowing recommendation for us. We are very happy to provide you with a, a little bit of entertainment. Yeah. Uh, to that end also, uh, we are, uh, this is another episode where we have recorded it remotely. We are eager to get back to uh, uh, recording in person. Uh, yeah, when, when we're not, it was, it was a scheduling issue. Today, it was a pragmatic issue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we're 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 all 
deathly afraid of infecting each other with deadly viruses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. These uh, these guys have beautiful families and babies, and I'm a disgusting bachelor who lives alone. Uh, so I, I, didn't I, go <laughs> I, I mean, I'll be honest. I'm I'm in a hermetically sealed room anyway, just to just to be safe. <laughs> got my I've got my microphone walled off in plastic. I can, keep can never be too careful. dishes around my apartment. So uh, Greg is currently in a smock. He's got Kleenex boxes on his feet. He's got jars of urine lining the walls. Yeah, and I'm ready to climb into the spruce mousse. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, uh, I'm, I certainly uh, have uh, had a had a fantastic uh, evening recording this, and uh, count me thoroughly distracted. Yes, agreed. Um, and if you want to distract yourself again, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook at I Have Some Notes. You can find our podcast feed at IHaveSomeNotes.com. If you like the show, please consider rating and reviewing us on iTunes. It really helps us out. You can find all of our episodes on the CKUA radio app. Download it from the Apple App Store. Remember to check out all of our sibling podcasts over on the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. We post new episodes every second week, so tune in two weeks from now for... Rise, beneath not rise. The planet beneath of the apes. R- yeah, I went the wrong direction. Uh, beneath <laughs> the planet of the apes. <laughs> oh, you were you were above the planet of the apes. <laughs> yeah. No, this is uh, the one from the the seventies. Uh, we're going way back to beneath the planet of the apes. Uh, I've been your host, yeah. Liam Kreslick. I'm Scott C. Bourgeois, and I'm Greg Beaver. Keep watching the skies for Zords. Have you ever watched a movie and there was an actor in it that was all wrong for the part they were playing? Have you ever wanted to imagine someone else in the role? Never fear, that's precisely why repodcasting exists. Listen as co-hosts and cousins Janet and Lucia recast their favorite and not-so-favorite movies with their dream cast. They also take a moment each episode to imagine which role in the film should have been given to Tony Danza, because let's face it, Tony Danza would make every movie better. Repodcasting is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. You can find Repodcasting wherever you listen to podcasts or at albertapodcastnetwork.com. Happy listening!